The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. But as alluded to, Pastor Preston is not here. I am not Pastor Preston. I am me. But <laughs> let's just pray and, and, and get into word of the, God, the word of God this morning. God, we thank you for your word, your word that never fails and guides us every day. God, we thank you that we can rely on it no matter what we're going through in our lives. In the valleys and the mountaintops, we know that, that you brought us something that, that can give us hope, that can give us life, that will lead us all the way from today until eternity. So we thank you. And that, that we can open our ears today. God, let us, let us hear you even clearer than ever before, God, and bless your word today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm going to talk about a verse that has, that has been pretty interesting to me for the past several years. And I, I even remember doing a devotional about it in college during a mission trip, and that was, that was a long time ago, but I remember seeing it and being like, that's, that's pretty cool. How, how do we do that? So it's in John, John chapter 14, verse 12. And it says, this is Jesus speaking, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than he, these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And the part I want to concentrate on is the first part where Jesus says, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do. And when we think about what Jesus did, the first thing that comes to our mind is probably the miracles, like from turning water into wine, raising Lazarus from the dead, healing lepers, taking lame man and, and having him walk. And and that, that's all great, and that encompasses all of that too. But also, just the everyday life of Jesus, the 33 years that he was on earth, the way he spoke to people, the way he demonstrated the, the fruit of the Spirit, the way, he, the way he just was around other people, that encompasses the works of Jesus also. So when I think of that verse, when Jesus says the works that he has done, we will do also, that, that sounds like a, a pretty big goal to hit, a pretty big target to hit, because Jesus was, was the best person to ever walk the face of the earth. The things that he did, we can look at that and, and be like, wow, I don't know if I can do that, but, but we, can, we can remember in Ephesians 3 verse 20, it's a verse that, that we hear a lot, that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So, we see that verse that says, the works that Jesus did, we will do. And also looking at Ephesians where it says, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. It, it kind of can raise our ceiling a bit. Like, if we pray for something and God answers that, we have that confidence. We've seen God do something. So, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, God can do this. So, so next time we might ask for something bigger. So our ceiling raises, and what we expect to be an answer 
God can have a totally different answer for us, so he can answer that above and beyond what we can believe, so our faith can, can grow and grow based on our experience in our, in our walk with, with God. And looking at John 14 and, and being able to do, working towards doing the works of Jesus, I think there are five things that, that we can look at that can help us get there. I don't have definitive answers on how we get to that point, but I think there are five things that we can look at that can help us get there. And the first thing is childlike faith. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 2, Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So Jesus is saying that we need to humble ourselves as children to come to him. Because as, as we grow up, there, there's levels of cynicism that can creep into our mind. So like a grown adult can see John 14 and see that the works of Jesus we will do and can look at it like, yeah, I don't know about that. That seems pretty wild. That, I don't know if that's, that's attainable. But as, as, as children, if you tell that to a child, child ch children are, are, are teachable. They, they have a, a level of innocence about them. So God wants us to be, be teachable in that way. Their, their, their minds are, are malleable, that they can, they can learn from, from experiences. Uh, when I was maybe around four years old, three or four, grew up in the 80s, so... Watched a lot of TV, and there were a lot of great cartoons in the 80s, a lot of great advertisements. So I remember watching a commercial, and it, uh, the, the kid in the commercial, he puts on a pair of underwear. And what that underwear, what happened when he put on that underwear in the commercial, he turned into like a transformer, like, like the movie Transformers that turned from like a Mac, uh, we're about into a Mack truck. So when I saw that kid turn into a transformer, I'm like, I want that underwear. I want to turn into a transformer. So I remember talking to my parents about that and them saying, no, that's, that's not real. That doesn't happen. But I saw that on TV. I, 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 I didn't know that TV could, you know, have blatant lies like that in, in advertisements. And I also remember talking to, I think it was my cousin who had that same underwear, and I asked him, did you change into a transformer? And he was like, no, I, no, I didn't. So and I, I believe I eventually got that underwear. And so I tried it on, and what happened? Nothing. So it's, was, did I go on a tirade against reality because it, did, I, it didn't have the effect that I wanted? No, no, no I didn't. And it's, it's kind of disappointing a few decades later that we don't have that technology where you just put on something and turn into a cartoon character. But at, at, during, during that, that time in my life, I was still young and, and teachable. So even though I saw something on TV that told me one thing, my parents and, and experience told me the reality of, of what actually is. So in, in the same way that, that we need to go back to that simplicity of, of mind, of simplicity in 
in faith just to believe what Jesus says because, because he's faithful. We, we sang a lot about that this morning, God's faithfulness. And last week, Pastor Preston talked about how God's faithfulness is like one of the most important attributes of God. So him being faithful, taking him at his word is, is a big part of, of having that childlike faith. And that leads us into our second point. The second thing that could lead us to, to doing the works of Jesus is, is reliance or rely. And that ties into childlike faith because children are, are totally dependent on their parents for, for everything. When, when a baby is born, they don't know how to eat. They don't know how to sit up. They don't know how to keep their head up. Humans are not born like, like animals where a few days later they're hunting with, with their, their parents. Like a, a child, a baby can, cannot go down a grocery aisle and, and pick out Apple Jacks for themselves. So there, there's, there's a reliance and a surrender to authority because even as, as a toddler or like a preschooler, we, we submit to the authority of our, of our parents, our guardians, our caregivers, our teachers because they know better than us. They're teaching us things all the time. We're trusting them to tell us what we need to know, just like a verse, a familiar verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And trusting goes hand in hand with faith. Like it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So a lot of things in that passage are based on things we can't see, and that is, that's a good basis of our faith, our Christianity. We, we believe in a God that, that we can't physically see, but we can see the effects of his hand moving. We can't see his physical hand moving, but we can see, see through our, our spiritual eyes, through, through things that, that, that work out through our circumstances, that, that he is there. So faith is a firm persuasion and expectation that God will perform all he has promised us in Christ, uh, just as John 14 says, Jesus says, these works you will do also. So it's, it's in the Bible, Jesus said it. How, how can we, we not take that as his word? So, so relying on, on the word of God to, to be able to, to, to step in, step in faith and trust him to take us to that destination. Um, Last month, uh, Lindsay and I, we took our, our first cruise. It was a short cruise, so we knew we had to get on the ship in Miami. And then after the first night, we would be on Castaway Key, which is Disney's private island. So my job was simply just to get on the ship and eat all the food and play games and see shows and do all that. Nowhere in the whatever agreement, the cruise agreement, did it say like, okay, once you get on the ship, you got to go talk to the captain because he needs some help getting to the Bahamas. 
Because if that happened, I would be like, man, I don't know. That water looks a little deeper over there. Let's, let's, let's go over there. If we did that, we'd probably still be in the ocean right now. So what, what we did, what I did, and what thousands of others, other people did was we had faith just to get on a large hunk of metal and iron and wood, push out into the ocean, and trust strangers to take us to where we're supposed to be. And I'm here, so it worked out. And so that is the same way with faith, that, that we see something as great as doing the works and greater works of Jesus and looking at that and, and stepping out in faith um, by the power of God to, to, be able, to be able to do that. It's because the destination, we, we see the destination, but sometimes the journey is out of our hands. We just have to take that step of faith and, and walk out into the unknown, as Elsa does, um, to, to get to where we need to go. So the third thing that, that will help us get to that destination is arm. Now, not talking about this arm, but knowing what to arm ourselves with, knowing what weapons, what tools we need to have in our hands. But, but knowing what we need to have in our hands, we also, we also need to know what we're fighting. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Pumpkin chai break. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So here we identify the enemy is, it's not people, it's principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness. So, so we're, we're not fighting against others that we disagree with or, or people that, that may be causing harm upon us. Our enemy, we got to go after the source, which is, which is the devil, the, the darkness, principalities, and all that. And as this verse talks about the armor of God, we have to remember what we carry in our hands, which is the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have to, we have to identify what we carry. So the shield of faith, knowing that's what we have to protect us from, it says uh, the, the fiery darts of the enemy, and also in our hands, the sword of truth. So knowing the Word of God and, and conforming to the Word of God as, as, as what we have to separate light from dark and from truth. So we need to know what we have in our hand. And to illustrate, I call myself a, an enthusiastic golf amateur. I'm not like Sherry, who's golfed for many years, but I probably bought my first set of golf clubs over 10 years ago. It was just like a box set from Academy, which like is cheaper than one real club. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this year we've got into golf a little more, but particularly going to talk about the driver, which is the, the big club that you hit off the tee. 
and I bought a used one at our local golf store and then another one. But those golf clubs, they're, they're meant for, for like probably the average size person. And if you look at me, I'm a little below average size. So what I wanted to do, I did a couple weeks ago, I went to a, a golf fitting place where, where they fit me for a driver. So what I did is I, I, hit, I hit some balls with my, my normal driver, and then there are a bunch of stats that they have analyzing every part of your swing and the ball. And then so they found some, some stats they want to improve. That what they wanted to improve mainly was my launch angle because when I hit with my driver, my existing driver, I didn't hit it high enough. So when the, they, they fit me with a new, a new shaft, which is the, the stick part of the golf club, and also the golf head kind of like angling that more. So did some tests with that and with different club heads and different combinations. So finally when we got something where with an acceptable launch angle, they're like, okay, here's this. This is how much it is. Okay, cool. So finally got that in the mail the other day. So the other day I'm at the driving range and started hitting the golf ball. My universal sports philosophy is hit the snot out of the ball, which is not good for golf. So when I, when I started doing that, like it, is this, this way is that hook or slice? Yes? One of those. And I like, I hit it way out of bounds and I think there's like an apartment complex over there and I hoped I didn't hear a shatter at the end of that. But I realized that like I don't have to swing hard for the ball to just, to just go. And I, I did notice a difference in between uh, from, from hitting it. So, so doing that and up, as opposed to using clubs that I just get off the shelf. If I, if I just use clubs that I find off, off, the, off the rack at, at a golf store, it might ruin my mechanics more than my bad mechanics already are. But what it, it doesn't give me a proper golf swing because it's, I, I don't conform to the tool. So the, the tool that I have now, the, the new driver, is, is fitted for me. So, so just like we have the sword of, sword of truth, sword of the spirit in our hand, we must conform to that weapon. We, we, don't need, we don't need truth to conform to us. We need to conform to truth. We need to be able to, to lock into what the word of God says so we can stand in any situation because there, there, are, there are many things in the world that, 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 that can be fluid, that can be wavering, but we know that we have the sort of spirit that we can conform to that and, and conform ourselves to truth. The fourth thing I want to point out that could help us in, in reaching John 14, doing the works of, of Jesus, is, is vision. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So God wants us to see our goals, our visions, and make it plain. Whether you write that down on a piece of paper, in your Bible, on your phone, put it on your fridge, your bathroom mirror, that's something that, that we can just concentrate on. 
It's like John 14, 12, the works of Jesus you will do. If we see that, if that's in our mind and that's what we really desire to do, that's going to be in our hearts all the time. It's, it's, like, it's like putting up a target and knowing that that's what we want to shoot for. There's a quote by um, Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player. It says, you missed 100% of the shots you don't take. And that's true. If we just, if we just see something and don't do anything about it, nothing's going to happen. Uh, most of the time, things aren't just going to fall on our doorstep. We, just, we have to do something to make it happen. So if, if God puts something in our heart, God will make a way, but we also have to do our own, our own job to, to, to do the work to, to make that happen. Uh, I'm going to talk about something else I'm not good at. Uh, bow and arrow. Uh, <laughs> so the last time... I was using a bow and arrow, like, you, you, you have a bow in your hand and the arrow, and then you got to pull it back, and there's a lot of tension that happens when you're aiming for something and you're ready, and you're ready to shoot, just like you're aiming for something and, and you may share it with other people. You might find some tension or resistance when you're, when you're aiming for your goal. So the last time I was, I was shooting a, a bow and arrow, I was aiming for the target which is right there where Jacob's sitting. So <laughs> I, did, I, I did my best. There's a lot of tension there. And it's like when I let go, in my mind, it's like, well, I have no idea where this is going to go. So here it goes. So, so it shot and, and flew and majestically flew into that wall right over there. So there are a couple holes in the wall, courtesy of me. And there some other people do also So did that. But... Eventually, I think I did hit part of the target. I don't think I hit a bullseye. But being able to see what you're aiming for is always good because you know what you're aiming for. It's not like you just have a mess of plans. and It's kind of like visualizing those shows where like they're trying to solve a mystery and there's newspaper clippings on a corkboard and yarn all here that's that's more of like solving a mystery but but we we know if, if God places it in our heart that that what we want and we can aim for it God will 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 set the destination we have the destination set and God will will be faithful to to bring us there and so the fifth thing I want to talk about that'll help us get there is exercise. That is a bad word sometimes, but let's start with the illustration and then go into scripture. In 2019, I did my first marathon. It was in January, and in 2018, leading up to it, there was a, I trained a lot for it. It was, it was a, lot of, a lot of running. 2020, did it again. It's, it's a part of what we call the Dopey Challenge. It's a 5K on Thursday, 10K on Friday, half marathon Saturday, marathon on Sunday. So did that in 2020. Trained a little less. Didn't happen in 2021. 2022, trained just enough, I think. And then January, coming up now, got another one. And But for most of, of this year, well, also training is, is going okay. Not probably less than it should be, 
but most of this year, there's, there's some, I had some knee soreness um, a- after running. And it's not anything structural with my knee. I believe it's because I haven't trained enough. The, the, the lower body is, isn't as strong, like, like glutes, quads, calves, all that, because the strength isn't there. There is overcompensation on my knee. So that's, there's some soreness there. So I need to exercise those parts of my body a little better, better, so keep me in your prayers for that stuff. (laughs) Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come, this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance. So he's saying exercise yourself toward godliness. And there are many examples that, that we can exercise. Just like, just like look at the fruits of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. And, and just look at those every once in a while and see like, you know, am I displaying enough love, joy, peace? What about patience? We, we can ask God for patience. And most of the time, God's not just going to say, here you go, here's some patience. He's probably going to give us a circumstance where we're, we're waiting a long time. We need to develop our, our character in that. So that, that is an example of, of exercising ourselves toward godliness. And, and we can just go through the whole line of the, the fruits of the Spirit and, and the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, but one thing that, that I, I think that, that could be neglected in in exercising our, our spiritual life is, is prayer. And, and we know, we, we've heard this verse before, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. That, that's, prayer is something that, that we can just mull over really quickly every day, and it's something that, that even, like, I can be guilty of, that, like, I don't pray unless there's something I need, and I, I don't want to be someone like that. I don't want to be able to, to pray when, when things are going great and, and just be, be a thankful person, whether it's just, like, thank you, God, for, for waking me up. Thank you for, for all of these things that, that, that you have, have for me today, and and. and that's something that was important to Jesus because in the garden he said, watch and pray lest you enter temptation. That was right before, before he was, was arrested. But going back to Second Chronicles, there are exercises in there that, that we can do because they're like, it's an if-then statement. So if my people who are called by my, my name will humble themselves so we can, we can practice humbling ourselves before, before God. Um, and praying and, and seeking his face and turning from wicked ways. So in that, in that one verse, there are multiple ways that, that we can exercise our faith to, to prepare us to, to do the works of Jesus. So those five things that, that we talked about that could help us, childlike faith, rely, aim, vision, and exercise. I was a nerd and made that an acrostic, and that spells C-R-A-V-E, crave. 
And of course, it has to do with food at the end. Psalm 34. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And also from the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So Jesus wants us to have an appetite for things of him. Worship team, you can come up now. I'm almost done. So God wants us to have an appetite for for things of him, things of his word. He wants to draw to us. We have to take that first step, and he'll, he'll draw to us also. But usually when, when I travel to other places, I, I like to watch YouTube videos to see, like, where's the best place to eat? So um, Epcot's one of my favorite places, and they have a food and wine festival going on right now. So... I'm going to watch YouTube videos to see, like, what, what I want to eat, what looks good there. Because I've, I've been there many years in a row, so I know the, the, the normal things they have to offer. But, for example, one of my favorite things is the lamb chop from the Australia kiosk. So whenever I, I step into Epcot and I, and I head towards the Australia kiosk, I'll be like, I'll, I'll be able to smell it. When I, when I get near there. And so by having this in my mind, and even if I watch a video about it or, or something new, that's going to build a craving in me. So whenever I, I go there, that's what I'm going to go after. That's what, that's, what, that's what I'll have on my stomach and, and my heart to, to partake of. So in, in the same way, in a similar way, God wants us to taste of him, to, to experience his, his delights, his goodness, so that that can always be on our hearts and on our lips. And I want to leave with one, one last verse. That is Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I believe in the Hebrew, delight can also mean soft or pliable. So being pliable in the hands of God, being malleable, being formed like, like clay with a potter, to be delighted in something like that in, in God. And with, with the word of God in our heart, with the word of God, like, like the words of Jesus where he said, these works you will do and greater works these will do in my name because I go to my Father. I believe God will honor that if that's upon our hearts. So let's delight in the Lord. Let's, let's, let's stand up and let's, let's worship him this morning because, because he's done so much for us. God, we thank you for, for, giving, us, for giving us life for giving us the words to praise you, God. And even when there are no words to praise you, God, thank, thank you for, for just giving us a heart to, to follow after you. And, and Lord, just let us be a people 
who seek after you, who crave your presence, who want to, to follow in the steps of Jesus, to, to be ones that, that reflect your image, to be the light unto the world so that when people see us, there'll be no surprise to us that, that we're Christians. God, we thank you for, for instilling in us your love pouring your love and your spirit within us. God, as we worship you again this morning, God, just be the forefront of our mind. For you're worthy of everything, God, and we give it all to you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at chancechurch.com.